on the Spencer's of Pez. Go hang out at the cons, Renaissance Fest. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. <laughs> Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Coming to you live from San Jose, California at the Supercon Convention, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Here's your host, Derek McCaw. Hey, thank you, Lon. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. With me is the usual gang of idiots, but let's introduce them. First of all, my announcer, Lon Lopez, but I'm more of a moron. That's right, I'm sorry. From MoronLife.com. Our sound engineer and moral compass, Rick Brett Snyder, on the job. Absolutely. And here to see what bargains he can get. Michael Goodson, finding out all the uh, good deals there are to find and purchasing them probably. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right, so this is actually, we are doing this from day two of uh, Supercon. Day one is sort of... Uh, At the San Jose you know, Convention Center, San Jose Convention. under the tent, right? In the big blue tent. The big mm-hmm. aluminum tent. Right. Yes. But, which I think is a good location. Last year was at like an Oakland Marriott, I think. It was a little smaller. This is like spread out and big, and it looks good. I think it got a good lay of the land, you know. We'll see how it goes. It feels so. like the Cow Palace to me. A little bit. A little bit. I want to see some wrestling like we should or something see, uh, later. Deals on stereos and Ooh, car yeah. tires. Uh, yeah. Or motocross. I'm looking for a good set of knives. <laughs> Excellent. I know exactly where to go. Do you like eagles? Can I get a tattoo at the same time? <laughs> yes. Wow. All with, right. With an eagle's talon. You know what? There's been no more terrifying moment for me than when Rick Bretschneider and Michael Goodson just got into sync. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, be afraid. Now I'm scared. <laughs> it's the apocalypse. So uh, what are you most looking forward to, guys? Uh, probably, I'm a huge Go-Go fan, so uh, probably Jane Weedland. Yeah, so because uh, she's so involved with comics these days, we you do. Know what you I mean? know, it so. is it's it's a largely comic book show uh, as opposed to say something like even WonderCon has become sort of co-opted by the movie studios. Wait, you know? wait, there's movie stars here. No. Oh, no, uh, not at all. Mind. Wait, wait, are there? Wait, let's Chase Masterson. Not Chase a, Masterson. Not a movie. Is that Timmy from Lassie? I'll be right back. Yes. Uh, little Timmy from from last when the television's Lassie from the fifties. Oh, he wasn't he's at his here. booth. Okay. Uh, you know there are some TV guys. That he, he's here. Uh, Kathy Garber, who is from Family Affair, and is probably best why she ties in. And she's not uh, as out of sync as you'd think. She is the voice of Firestar on Spider Man and His Amazing Get Friends. Get out of here! So, I have such which a crush the character on her. created for the cartoon first and then brought into comics. Wow. You didn't know that, did you? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, Michael is stop, stop impressing me with all those big names, Derek. You know what? That's not a big. I mean, next you're going to tell me there's like somebody from Seinfeld here or something. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, that's you know now it's just embarrassing to have those kinds of segues. Yes. What? The soup, is? Nazi, the soup is here. Nazi is here. The soup Nazi. You mean the honest to goodness so, soup Nazi or the guy who played him? Is that the guy that I paid three dollars for for a, for a pretzel a minute ago? No, that wasn't him. Oh, no. Okay. no. Uh, 
But, we, but uh, probably the big headliners. Uh, well, I said Jane Weedland's here from the Go Go's. Not quite sure what the connection is, but I, I don't think Jane Weedland's quite sure what the connection mm. is. So, so in retrospect, or uh, to give perspective, if anyone's ever been to like uh, Comic Con in San Diego or something, it's like the outside tables are now the stars, mm. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, dealers, you uh, you know, we've got a lot of dealers here up front, and we've got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, say. Mark Wade's not appearing on a panel because there's really little. He appeared on a panel yesterday, but he's just sitting at a table signing, not a DC booth. It's just tables. People are. Right. He's actually just walking around talking to dealers. He was in the same place shopping for tradebacks. I, I was. It was like, oh god, I have to find something by Mark Wade and buy it right now <laughs> so he can sign it. Come on, what well, fantastic? Where where are all the damn books? Come on. Well, we'll come back after the. We'll, we'll run around do some interviews and. Uh, then we'll we'll come back and see what we found, right? All righty. All right. Go team. Everybody. Okay. Ready? Wonder team One. activated. Two, three. Not in the face. <laughs> okay, we are here with John Provost. Is that how you say it, right? Right. Okay. Who was Timmy on uh, Lassie? Wait, was it called just Lassie or was it Lassie and Timmy? No, just Lassie. I totally right. remember that. <laughs> as a kid with, okay. Anyway. Uh, so you do the convention circuit quite a bit. Um, so how this, since we're here at SuperCon, is this your first SuperCon? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, yeah, first time down here. Okay, and how's the experience been? It's you know it's 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 always fun. You know the people and, and, and you know nobody ever came up to me and said they hated laughing. So <laughs> they all say we loved we loved the show, but we cried. You know, well that's good. Do you watch it and say and and cry as well? Are you moved by um, episodes of Lassie? You know, I maybe once in a while I'll throw in a DVD and, and you know bring back some memories, but uh, don't really watch that much anymore. Okay. And, and what did you go on to do after? Um, after Lassie, uh, well, prior to Lassie, I did uh, half a dozen movies and some early television. Lassie for seven years, over two hundred and fifty half-hour episodes. After Lassie, I did some uh, more television. Uh, Three more movies, uh, one with uh, Kurt Russell called The Computer War Tennis Shoes with Disney. I had no idea you were in that movie. Oh, yeah. I play um, Bradley. As a matter of fact, okay. here's, here. He's going to show us in his, in we his got book a picture, a picture here. of him with Computer War Tennis Shoes. Let's see. That's from uh, This Property is Condemned, Robert Redford and Natalie Wood. Okay, yeah. But here's the computer. There, That's, we go. there I am. There you Richard are. Russell. It's proof. It's proof. It is. It is. I'll interject here. Uh, it's one of Derek's favorite movies. It is. It, it is. Well, you know, I mean, it did. It became like a little cult classic thing. It was pretty crazy. But And then not only did I get to work with the smartest dog in the world, I got to work with the smartest horse in the world, Mr. Ed. Okay. So there you go. So you are the living embodiment of the thing. Is it W.C. Fields who said never work with kids and animals? And you have right. been... Well, see, poor June had to, you know, June Lockhart had to put up with that. You know, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do after getting out of, out of acting? Um, I got out of acting I, I moved up to uh, Northern California where I live up in uh, Sonoma County oh okay. and um, so you're fairly local okay. oh yeah oh yeah and um, got into uh, real estate did that for 20 years and we did a new Lassie series in um, 89.90 on Fox and that was a lot of fun and I'm uh, working on some other projects now I got my uh, autobiography is coming out in October and it's called Timmy's in the Well <laughs> 
<laughs> what a beautiful title. And that's coming out, you said, in October? In, in October, we are right. We're going to push that now. Let's remember, everybody buy Timmy's <laughs> in the Well by John Provost. I think we'll have to link to it. Can yeah. you get, Can you give us like maybe one little anecdote out of that book that will make um, people tease and really make them want to Well, there, there, there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of great stories. A lot of About a third of the book is um, interviews with uh, people that I worked with over the years, and, and it covers you know a lot more than just the last few years. Yes, but uh, you imagine when Greg Brady wrote his uh, Brady Bunch, there was a, there was a sleazy revelation that he dated Florence Henderson. Right. You and June Lockhart? No, okay. never happened. Never <laughs> happened. <laughs> but I've I've got a website. It's just um, johnprovost.com. and uh, people can check that out and the book and all that. Will be That's P R O V O S T. Correct. And John J O N no H. So, for you, what's the best part about coming to cons? I mean, I, I know you do do the circuit. What's the best part of what drag? What brings you out here? It's just you know, it's just it's a lot of fun. It's I mean, you know, people say, you know, do you enjoy doing this? Well, I wouldn't be here if I didn't enjoy it. So that's the bottom line. Cool. Well, thank you. According to your badge, your name actually is Hero Initiative, which is co- oh. which is convenient. Yes, it is. It, um, well, that's not. Do you, do you want my real name? Yes. Okay. Sure. I, I am Jason Waters from Sacramento, California. From Sacramento, California, and you are here with the Hero Initiative. Uh, can you explain a little bit about uh, what that is for those listeners that have no idea? Absolutely. It is a federally recognized not-for-profit charity that uh, raises funds for comic book creators from yesterday and today who uh, might find themselves in need financially. Uh, and it can range anywhere from help with medical bills or, uh, you know, some people need help reconnecting to find uh, work in, you know, sometimes in, in other um, venues, you know, besides working in comics. Uh, and also, you know, sometimes they need help just paying rent for the month, you know, or, or low-interest loans. So are you the guys that keep uh, staking Rob Liefeld so that he can start a new imprint every every couple of years? Uh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> so, but what would you say is, like, perhaps right now, your most recent or greatest, what do you feel is a success story? Uh, the okay. Steve uh, Gerber, who I believe was the writer on Howard the Duck and uh, has a Dr. Fate series coming out soon, uh, he has recently acknowledged the Hero Initiative's help on his website. Uh, the particular service that we gave to him, I am not privy to, uh, but I do know that he, he is very thankful to them for something to the organization. Okay. And up until about a year and a half ago, you guys were called Actor, a yes. commitment to our roots. So why'd you do the name change? Well, I believe that the name change was done because Actor did not uh, properly reflect the services being uh, attempted by uh, the, ch- the charity. You know, a-, a commitment to our roots is great, but when you're trying to uh, get you know funding or explain to people what the charity is about, uh, I think they found that the Hero Initiative, um, just on a name basis, got the point across better than Actor did. Because once you said Actor, they'd have to go, well, what does that mean? Because I don't, you, you guys are helping out comic book creators uh, and people in that industry. Then why is it Actor? Because that connotates, uh, you know, the movies. You know, right, or actors. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so and you've got a booth here, and I, I see you guys at conventions all the time. So what do you do? Here at the as an outreach here at at, at Supercon. Great, good question. Uh, the most important thing that I try to do 
is to make people aware that the charity even exists. Because my feeling is is that the majority, the, the far majority of people that come to conventions in general, and it's society in general, they want to help. People like to give. You know, America's always been known as a very charitable nation. Uh, it's citizens always giving to any kind of cause, you know. And I think that especially because there are so many passionate fans of the industry that once they realize that the charity exists, they're more than willing uh, to help out with, uh, you know, any kind of promotion or, uh, you know, they're willing to buy uh, one of our Excelsior bracelets, um, you know, because they know that every, every bit counts and that they can walk away knowing that they've done their bit to uh, help out a really worthy charity. So describe for me, you know, you said you're a volunteer from Sacramento, mm -hmm. and what's, let's say, your workload, what do you do when you're not at a convention for for the Hero Initiative? Oh, um, when I'm not at a convention, um, you know, I guess mostly I'm just willing to talk to it, uh, talk to people about it, uh, you know, just as a normal citizen. Um, other than that, I'm just a guy that's willing to go to conventions, uh, you know, and, and, and do the good work so i should mention that right now two boy scouts or troop leaders are actually there at the table so it does feel like two great great organizations getting together uh any official affiliation with the boy scouts not that i'm aware of no but uh being uh one of the low monkeys on the totem pole uh i'm not necessarily privy to any of that kind of information either well, so amazing mixture of metaphors good uh <laughs> so. Uh, if there's any last message you would have for the people listening, and how would they get, if they're not at a convention, they pick up this podcast, they say, wow, this sounds like a really worthy thing. What do they need to do to help out the Hero Initiative? They definitely should start by going to www.heroinitiative.org. And uh, there is all sorts of information uh, from how to give on the website, uh, portals to other websites where their purchases will benefit the Hero Initiative as well as news on upcoming events and, uh, you know, uh, like lunch. You can, you can uh, on, on eBay, you can uh, bid for lunch with creators at cons or you can bid on exclusive comics, um, any sort of thing like that. So uh, this website is, is the link to finding out about what's going on with the organization. And, you know, last year at San Diego, you guys had a Marvel vs. DC softball game. What's uh, Hero Initiative got planned for San Diego this summer, do you know? I have no idea what their plans are as of yet. If I go to the San Diego convention, it will probably be just as a fan, and then uh, I would volunteer at their booth if they needed somebody for a few hours. Okay. So. Well, we'll look for you there then. Thank you very much, Jason, for your time. Thank you very much. Hey guys, we're here with John Dolman. Dolman, right? I Sorry. Just told you. you just did. I have short term memory. Outtake number one. Mark. Right, let's do it again. Why would you want to outtake that? No, you want to keep that kind of magic in there. We're here with John Dolman from System of a Down uh, here at Supercon San Jose, California. First of all, thanks a lot, John, for uh, meeting with us. Um, we're here promoting. Uh, well, first of all, you're just a huge comic fan in general, right? I mean, I yeah. see you at a lot of conventions and stuff. I'm at almost all the big conventions whenever I can. You know, obviously when I'm working or on tour, it's not possible. I can't make it. But I'll be coming real strong in San Diego this year. Oh, Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, you're here today promoting your drum set, which is very uh, colorful. Well, I guess very illustrated with a lot of comic book art. Um, 
who are some, just you know name drop a couple names that have signed your uh, kit and that have you know illustrated it. There's actually a, a sign right there that tells you every single person that's okay. on it. What are some of your favorites? They're all amazing. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't think there's any one in particular that I like better than the rest. No, no, I like each out. one for no, they all stand out. Right, right. That's the thing. When you have a situation like, okay, for example, for my band, I don't have a favorite album. You know what I mean? Because I look at it like a big body of work. I kind of look at that the same way. I don't have a favorite. It's like, how are you going to pick your favorite kid? What's been uh, some of the industry guys that have done it? What's some of the the response they've been kind of giving about the, the kit and what it's you know all when it comes to all these conventions like you know what's been you know the response everybody in the industry has been giving you that's a pretty amazing response from not only people in the industry but people that are just fans of the industry you know the artist did an amazing job it was all pro bono you know and took about three to four years almost four years to get it completely done and uh, just it, it, it speaks for itself it's so beautiful to look at I know it's kind of tough for people to see it in, a, you know, online or in a magazine or whatever. You can, that's why I bring it out to a couple of conventions. People can get a real look at it. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is breathtaking. I mean, it's it's really uh, amazing to see the artwork, you know, right there, and it's you know three dimension and everything else. Um, is it also been a good uh, cross promotion between the world of music and comics? Has it been, you know, maybe getting people more interested in comics or you know your music or anything like that? I believe it's accomplished both of those to one extent or the other you know people that may not necessarily have heard of the band but know me from the comic world have been introduced to the band and vice versa a lot more people that know the band that weren't that into comics are now at least intrigued by it obviously that's not just me you know without putting so many movies out that are comic related there's going to be a huge influx now uh, you said you're going to have a big presence at uh, San Diego Comic Con this year. What can you give us any uh, any hints or uh, surprises of what you uh, got going planned? I've been working on a company called TorpedoComics.com. You may or may not have heard of it. Right now we have 12 million books, you know, and uh, we're going to do a huge online presence starting in November. But you're going to get a sample of what our online is going to look like at San Diego this year. I got 12 booths. We're going to have everything. Did you, uh, did you have some of these um, at WonderCon this last time? What? Did you have a Torpedo uh, uh, Comics booth at WonderCon this last year? I did. I have one here today also. I remember I stopped by there, and you had some really classic books in, like, pristine condition. Like, it was really beautiful. So is that what we're going to be seeing from Torpedo Comics, a lot of good books, good quality? You're going to see a lot of everything. When you have over 10 million books... You know, you're going to have different choices. Basically, if you're looking for high-end stuff, you'll find it. If you're looking for low-end stuff, you'll find it. If you're looking for new stuff, it'll be there. Graphic novels, toys, just all the stuff I collect will be on the site for sale. And before we let you go, what are you reading right now? What do you like? Uh, what's, uh, I mean, do you have, you probably have a busy schedule. you still have time to read books? What do you, what do you recommend? I rarely have time to read new books. I'm still trying to get, I, I'm a creature of habit. I, I keep reading the same stuff. But... What I do is I compile series for like two years, then I read it. Because I hate waiting month to month, you know? So there isn't anything in particular. I have about five long boxes of books that I have to read that I'm just waiting to get enough of them to warrant it. You know, then I'll just sit down and read like 20 of them in a day. And before we go, how's the band doing? What, do we, what can we expect from the band next? The band's on hiatus. They're all doing great. I just did uh, six songs for Surge for his solo album. And me and Darren are working, 
Darren's a guitarist. Me and Darren are working on uh, our own solo album, and it should be good. We already have 13 songs done. So. When can we expect that out? Could be this year, could be next year. Great. Hey, thanks a lot for speaking with us. Appreciate the time. Look forward to seeing you in San Diego. All right, guys, have fun. Bring it on. Okay, we're good. We are here with Mark Wade at Supercon, and if I have to explain who he is, uh, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast, but good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. All right, so uh, yesterday you did a panel with Mark Vanier uh, about uh, about writing comics. Somebody told me that you that you gave away some things from Brave and the Bold 4, but he couldn't explain to me who he was. He said, if, if this got translated to me correctly, you're bringing back the maniacs? <laughs> No, not, <laughs> nice. See, uh, there's always, right. <laughs> always something that gets lost in translation. No, no, no. But it was that was actually Mark's joke, and a good one, and the kind of joke that only three people in the audience get. So, no, Clearly. no maniacs. Although now that you put it in George Perez's head, thank you, because I'm sure he'll be asking for it. So, yeah. So, you, right now you've got Raven the Bull. Is that like the best assignment you've had? You get to play with anybody in the DC universe? It, it's great. The whole DC universe is my sandbox. I'm, you know, and George and I are just allowed to do you know, with whoever we want to. But the nice thing about it is it's not just a matter of like, making us happy about our favorite characters. It's a, ma- it's a chance to like, take all the iconic characters, too, and basically give our spin on them and, and not do it in a, in a fan service way, but do it in a way that for new readers so that every issue is new reader-friendly and that even though we've got a big, giant tapestry of a story going on, we're making an extra effort with every issue to make sure that you can come in cold. If you don't know who Blue Beetle is or you don't know who Lobo is or, or what have you, doesn't matter. Read the comic. It's all there. Great. What characters are you most eager to get in there? I mean, sure George Perez is ready to draw all of them, right? Yeah, he's not going to be—he's not going to be happy until we draw them all. So, but we've got uh, the ones I actually really want to dig my heels in on. I still—I still have a hankering to do like a Brainiac story, and I st- team him up with somebody like Joker or something like that, or do—you know—I really want to do something with the Blackhawks because I love the Blackhawks. But these are—these are not characters that necessarily will sell the book. So the trick is to weave them into a bigger story that, you know, we can have headliners like Batman or Superman or, or Green Lantern or what have you, but then have those, you know, like second-rate characters or the second-stringers the second stringers kind of come through and play through and be background characters, uh, and that way we don't have to worry about the fact that no one's going to buy a Metamorpho Metal Men team-up, but we can have them in the book. Okay. Yeah. Although I think that was. Wasn't that uh, one of the original Brave and the Bolts, Metamorpho yeah, and Metal Men? Yeah, but those, you know, all the people who bought it then are dead now, so... No one. I have it in the showcase reprint of Metamorpho. Yeah. It's included. It's a, it's a great story, but I just no one under the age of fifty-five wants to read it. So I, I believe I would be the first in line to buy it. But we can't. You know, we gotta. We maybe as we get into the back half of the first year, maybe as we get into the second year, maybe we can take a few more chances with who we can use as a headliner character. But you know, we've we're just very nervous about. We don't want the book to go out. You know, full steam ahead, and then tank after four or five issues because it's just been, you know, fan geek choice after fan geek choice. It's got to be just as a safeguard for everybody. Let's build up a good foundation first with rock solid characters and good sales, and then we can be a little more experimental. Okay, well, and it's been fairly successful so far, it's right? Been, it's been terrifically successful. I mean, DC's very happy with the way it's going, and the sales have been great. And no, again, just we just got to make sure that that stays there so we can play around a little bit more. 
Yeah. And you just came out, of course, of 52, magnificently done, by the way. What do you think you learned the most as a writer from having been in that grouping of you guys are the, how do they put that in Tales of the Unexpected, the architects? The architects. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, what I learned was apparently we're villains to, <laughs> to oh, man, punch Azarello in the face. We did Actually, it didn't even bother us to be villains. What bothered us was that we, you com- if you read that, you know, Azarello story, which is a great story, you completely and totally misunderstand our relationship with the characters. We're the first guys who love the old characters and want everything to have a place in the DC universe and, and don't want to write anything out or away or like that's that's the thing that made my head hurt. And not that we were in there as villains. But that we were, we were as, as, all, as, as all true villains say, we were misunderstood. So I see. So you're going to get Genius Jones into uh, Brave and the Bull. In a, in, a, in a cocaine heartbeat, I would put that kid in the book. It's a really good, you know, that glad to. So what do you think is the difference? And I, and I know you've said this before. Uh, I've said before that you've kind of like thrown away hyper time a little bit. That is 52 Worlds a better solution than hyper time for you? Um, it is, DC seems to think so. I don't know. There's to this day, there's still some people at DC who get itchy when we start saying words like hypertime. So we still have to sneak into the back door with other ways. And the, and the 52 worlds is part of a bigger tapestry that starts to un, that starts to unfold in Countdown right now. Which, as writers, we don't have anything to do with. But you know, as as observers from the sidelines, we've been you know sort of fielding questions from the guys who are doing it now. So the end was, this is the, not, is the multiverse, the beginning of the megaverse. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, you know what? You now know as much as I do about that. <laughs> okay, I, I want to thank, Hypertime has been the most useful thing in my marriage ever. Get into a fight? I'm sorry, honey, you're right. It was yep. Hypertime. <laughs> so, we're grateful for that. Uh, so, you got Brave and the Bold, and any other dream projects you've got coming up? Anything left that you haven't touched that you want to that you want to get your fingers into? Someday I'll get my crack at Shazam. Someday I'll get my crack at Captain Marvel. Someday, not anytime soon, but I, you know, I still have I still have a few good years left in me. Um, and then beyond that, there's the only other thing, I, and I'm not allowed to talk about it yet, but I think we'll know. Let's see. Let me do the math. In like six or seven weeks or so, we can finally make the announcement. People will know, like the announcement will of what my next DC thing is. We can make in six or seven weeks, but we can't we can't talk about it now because it spoils too much stuff that's being set up. Okay, but in time for Comic Con, yeah. that San Diego will know this. Yeah, exactly. So tell me, you know, it's funny because everybody asks if their dream project Shazam is it. Yeah. Why? Well, first off, because it, it's not like there's a whole lot of competition for really good Shazam stories in the last 35 years or so, although Jeff Smith's stuff is phenomenal. I mean, that, that Monster Society of Evil is just great. Um, and there's been some good stuff here and there, but it's just basically, a lot of us just want to write Captain Marvel because, we, you know, to, to keep other guys from screwing it up worse. Like, you know, don't, it's it's a child's wish fulfillment fantasy. It's, it's, it's a simple origin. It's a great character that everybody can, everybody, like, you know, I'll never... I'm not going to train for 30 years to be a detective in the streets of Gotham. I'm not. I'm, I can't be bothered to get up and change the channels on my TV. So I can't. I'm not going to go to a Tibetan monastery and and learn these ancient kung fu techniques. But the whole notion of saying a magic word and suddenly, boom, it's all magic. That's great, you know. And when I was a kid, 
that's something that appealed to me. I still think it's possible for us to do comics, not specifically for kids, but comics that kids can read if they, on the extremely unlikely event, they might accidentally stumble onto a DC comic. You know, it'd be nice to be able to hand them something that they can look at. And Captain Marvel's a really good, can- you know, really good candidate yeah, for that. that brings up you because Monster Side of Evil and the Osiris Sobek revelation came out in the same week. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get you had two crocodile men. Yep. And one was handled really well for kids. Yep. And one, no way am I going to show my children. I know. Can't, can't blame you. Can't blame you there. I know. And that was my fault, too, because Je- actually Jeff had that as a much smaller moment with Sobek. He had a much smaller moment, and I was the one. And Jeff gets all this crap. Jeff Johns gets all this crap from us about how he's the gory one, and how he's always pulling characters to bits and stuff. But the tree, the, yeah, i got to take the hit on this one. I was the one who said, that's ah, a nice little moment, but, dude, you need a two-page spread for that. That's a big, giant moment. So You're the one. All right. So I, I, uh, look, 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 you know, I, I, I spent, I spent 14 months giving you a Supergirl that you could show a, your daughter. So I don't want, I, you know, that absolves me from a lot of shame. That's, uh, that's true. All right. So yeah, <laughs> and I appreciate that because my daughter is eight and loves Supergirl. So you can show her Supergirl in the Legion. Yes. You can show her that oh, Supergirl. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't show her the other Supergirl. No comment, but don't that's quote okay. me. Yes. Hang on. That's on. okay. Yeah. You know, of, of the projects that I think, you know, seem to be close to your heart, one uh, that disappeared but someone else has the rights to now, if Disney offered you the chance to write Ruse, wow. would you go back? That's a good question. You know what? I don't I don't know that I would because it's, it's a lot of what made that book work was the alchemy between me and Butch Geist and Mike Perkins, the inker, and Laura, and especially Laura... The colorist, Laura Martin, the colorist. She she was phenomenal, and I don't. I think the the likelihood of getting us all four together to to recreate that would be tough to do. And then again, also every time you mention anything in my life that that makes me think about Mark Alessi, I just start to like twitch and you know you know start to spasm. So I don't know. I you know what I think. I think that's best left as as something that we're proud of that we can look back on. But if we tried to go back and recreate it. People would be the only. I think the best we could hope for is that people wouldn't be disappointed, which is not really what I want to swing for, you know. Yeah. Okay. How about a sequel to Empire? I've heard rumors of that over the years. Oh, that you know that we do again in, in a heartbeat. Barry and I, Barry Kitson and I, know exactly what to do with Empire next. It's just that you know we can't. We're we're not on the same ball team right now because I'm I'm at DC for a little while longer. He's signed his Marvel exclusive. He's you know when his marvelous loses is up, whenever that happens someday, then hopefully we can talk about it. But we've you know Barry and I remain friends and good collaborators, and we know where we want to go with the story of Golgoth. So it's just a matter of time. Great, great. Well, thank you, Mark, for your time here. It's been wonderful talking to you. All right, talk to you soon. Good. We are here with Rafael Navarro, who is the artist, creator, writer. The whole shebang on El Sonambulo. Yes. It's a masked wrestler, film noir combo. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's everything and anything that makes your heart go boom. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, Sonambulo, he's, uh, I, I always say he's, he's like a, the marriage of, of, of genres and, 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 and creative forces that I've always uh, loved as a child, and, and I finally bring it all together in one big giant burrito of art. <laughs> burrito of art. Yeah. It's getting mm. surreal. It's Sunday, guys, and it's a long day, and I'm looking forward to dinner. 
and a beer. Yeah. And not necessarily in that order. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll range one. Okay. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, and you're self-publishing, right? Yes, sir. Pretty much. So I, I've had offers to uh, take it to other publishing company houses, but I, I like the control. I, I like managing this thing, uh, even if it's uh, uh, to the point where I can only do it once a year. It's 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 a it's a love affair. I, I always go back to it because I, I, I want to, not because I'm I'm counting on it financially. It's 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 more artistic. Uh, um, um, uh, 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 fulfillment than anything else. Right. And, and you've got a full trade of this. How many issues oh, have yeah. there been of Sonambula? Oh, gosh. Uh, at the top of my head, maybe 10 or 12, but uh, they've been slowly being collected into collections as, as time proceeds. Mm-hmm. And there's an additional. You also have uh, Hot Mexican Love oh, Comics, well, you know, 2006. Um, anytime you ever wish to make such a uh, demand, I'd be happy to comply, okay, Derek? Uh, Oh dear Hot lord! <laughs> it's really the name of a book he's got on his table. Oh, that! Oh, that too. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, fun, funny you mentioned Hot Mexican Love Comics. It's a uh, it's a little uh, I know because I just so happen to have it on the table. But it is uh, a comic anthology that uh, animator buddies of mine and I uh, try to put out as often as we can. Uh, apparently, it only seems to happen once every three, four years or so. But when it does, it's magical. It's just basically a bunch of artists getting together and taking the terms or the words hot Mexican love and try to come up with stories that I guess befit any of those categories would be Mexico, Mexican, hot heat, love, whatever whatever those words define for you, uh, you try to put it onto paper. Uh, the most current version, most current hot Mexican love, I uh, adapt the old classic Marty Robbins song, El Paso. I thought that would be the most um, romantically heatful of, of uh, Mexican sort of thing to do. No, I've always been haunted by this song, and I thought it, it, it kind of invokes that when I think of romance and, and this, the, the, this, the, this, the, the Mexico in general. Right. Yes. So, we've also, I've had a chance to, yesterday to look through your your uh, portfolio here. Some amazing, amazing <laughs> work. Sketchbooks. It's Silly, a sketchbook. It's but my it's, little throwaway it's thing. Stuff. So, which leads into the day job, which at your day job would absolutely be something of interest to our listeners. And you are, uh, what's exactly your title on? Oh this? gosh, uh, it's more like I'm, I'm more like a secret agent slash slave slash storyboard artist for uh, Warner Animation. Currently. And you are working on The Batman. I'm working on The Batman. Actually, we got about maybe another couple days more than I'll be working on The Scooby-Doo. Uh, yeah, we're about to make the tra- <laughs> we're about to make the transition uh, uh, from one show to another right now. We're re- trying to wrap up The Batman as soon as we can because we're behind and they're, uh, we well, you know, Scooby beckons. So, <laughs> and, and you are also in the episode you're working on is involving uh, which superhero that our oh. listeners might want to be watching oh. for. Oh, Derek, uh, you may have missed the memo, but it's called The Batman. No, just kidding. Uh, uh, I know what you mean. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, Warner, Warner's uh, uh, Batman. Uh, series are, are actually currently uh, uh, trying to reintroduce the classic uh, uh, Brave and the Bold characters of the past. So you can call them Justice League. I, I think it's more Brave and the Bold. Where they, uh, I work, Currently, I've, I've worked on episodes with The Flash, uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, and, 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 and Hawkman right now. That's the very last one that we're all working on right now. And yeah, it's, uh, it's getting to become a different, bolder different Batman that's been happening for the last couple of seasons uh, as compared to the old classic Bruce Timm that we love and adore and we aspire to. Hopefully this particular season um, actually raise it to that level once again. Okay, uh, and so what are you going to, what is the Scooby-Doo you're working on, is that the, is that a classic version of Scooby-Doo or that new one that they have where it's more rounded and... Uh, <laughs> oh. 
Um, yeah, you laugh. Oh no, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, no, the the uh, the current Scooby Doo that I'm about to start uh, in a, a few hours, <laughs> officially, is uh, in the classic Alex Toth, you know, Neskin sort of style, and I'm I'm so happy. Uh, as far as I'm, I, I'm thrilled to actually draw Fred with an ascot, you know, and, and next thing you know, the psychedelic colors kick in, and and, and everybody's having a groovy time, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and an insert musical. Uh, 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 sequence running sequence here. <laughs> yeah, I'm very looking forward to to work on Scooby. It's like an old childhood fantasy of mine to be working on such things and and, and Velma. <laughs> it's all about Velma kitties. That's all I have to say. Well, you were there's a woman uh, oh. walking around dressed as Velma. I believe you had a long. Uh... Uh, well, uh, as, as soon as uh, the wedding uh, uh, cards are sent out, Derek, I will suddenly uh, be happy to send one out to you. Oh, okay, thank okay. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yes, and our first kid will be named Scooby and right, Shaggy. So, uh, and a question that if you, you obviously work in superheroes, uh, oh, yes. if you had one superpower, what would it be? Uh, oh, uh, the pow- actually, I already do, if I recall. Uh, uh, looking at my Hot Mexican Love book here, because I'm too tired to actually realize, okay, it says I'm a hard boy private illustrator of Sonabolo Comics and Storyboard Animation Avenger. Here's my secret power is the ability to procrastinate and deliver the goods without headquarters catching on. Hasn't so, that sort of like ruined it if you actually put it in print that that's your ability? Well, um, uh, unless they can think of a, of a way to stop me from uh, uh, procrastinating any further, like actually like uh, telling me to finish it at a certain point, I'm still going to procrastinate anyway. So therefore, I'll always have the advantage because I do slack when I can. <laughs> Well, thank and you, Raphael. Too. <laughs> you vigorously slack. Yes, we thank Raphael Navarro, <laughs> and uh, who is the creator of Sonambulo, which is a really cool comic and uh, storyboard artist and many other things. So we thank you for your time. Well, thank you, Derek. It is my pleasure. So our, our first question. What advice would you give to... You start off with, like, who, <laughs> she, who are we with? Warm me up first. Warm you up? Okay. Well, we're here with Jane Weedland of of the Go-Go's. Does the Go-Go's uh, still tour at all? And you, you still... Because you had left and you came back, so I don't know how to officially oh. credit you. Well, you can officially credit us as being completely back together um, for a couple decades now since... Uh, I did leave in 85, came back in 90, and we've been together ever since, and we still do some limited touring every year. Okay, good. Um, and some of our listeners may know you probably, and I think it's billed this way uh, here at Supercon, for your appearance on The Surreal Life. So uh, what was that <laughs> like from the inside? Well, I'm glad I did The Surreal Life because it introduced, introduced me to like a whole new generation of people. and. Um, since I did that, I've gotten invited to go to different conventions, which is great fun for me because I'm a big collector. So I make money, and then I spend it right away. <laughs> well, <laughs> Same weekend. You're a collector of what? Um, I'm a sci-fi nerd. All right, the airport. We're outside. <laughs> go. Just go. the flight path. Go. A, a rocket ship just went by. Yeah, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a big sci-fi nerd, and I collect lots of different sci-fi stuff, and... Um, like today, I just got three uh, Blade Runner lobby cards, and um, I collect uh, actually a bunch of different stuff, so it's fun for me to go to these conventions. But um, getting back to the surreal life, it was an interesting experience. It was 
sometimes really, really fun because they had different fun activities for us to do every day. And sometimes it was really annoying. Some of the people in the house were crazy. And sometimes it was upsetting. But it, overall, I would say it was a really good experience. And I'm glad I did it. Do you feel like you're a good fit on the convention circuit? I mean, aside from, like, this being more comic booky than, say, one of the larger shows or, you know, it's not so much personality-driven. Are you into any comics? Or are people educating you like crazy? I was surprised they asked me to do this because it was almost pure comics. But the guy, Steve, that runs the show just insisted that I would fit in, and I've actually met, you know few hundred fans here that said I'm really really wanted to meet you and I'm really glad you're here and so I've had a great time um I think anywhere where nerds and collectors gather I still feel comfortable <laughs> oh, that's that's very good I think uh, Rick here our engineer stumped you today uh have we come up with the answer yet? oh no I haven't you haven't yet uh Jane has uh it was you were in Star Trek 4 mm -hmm. and uh do you, any clue what your name was in that in that I was under the impression that I never got a name, and I've always said that I was the alien communications officer. But Rick, the engineer here, insists, as the ultimate fanboy, that indeed my character does have a name, I just don't know it. Okay. So we're all, you know, waiting, holding our breaths, waiting to find out the name. I'll cut it in later. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Make yourself sound and the, really wait, smart. It'll be like, be like this. And my name is... And then you just do it in your voice. Oh, I remember now. My name right. is. Oh, yeah. I remember. My name is. Trillia. T-R-I-L-L-Y-A. Trillia. And we're back. <laughs> and, we're back. <laughs> and you had the uh, mighty Adam or Adam uh, Astro Boy haircut in that. So were you, a, did you say earlier you were an Astro Boy fan? Yes. Um, the first time I was in Japan... At 83, I think, I saw all this Mighty Adam stuff and went crazy and bought a lot of it because I really think he's hot. Along with Speed Racer, those are two of my longtime crushes, so I'm kind of excited that they're making a Speed Racer movie, although we'll see if he's as cute as the cartoon Speed Racer. What can we do to help you get into that film? <laughs> I actually know the people that are making the movie, and I probably should have tried, but I am just not the shill I should be when it comes to selling myself. I'm pretty shy about that. Okay. So, the, the, what what advice would you have to offer, say, girls in a, in a girl group band now that might want to work their way into a Star Trek film? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I got in that movie by begging and pleading and saying I'm the world's big, biggest Star Trek fan and you simply must let me be in it. So they did. <laughs> And a more, bigger crossover with our with our audience is probably how what would you say to a guy who's pretty good at the medium level on uh, on Guitar Hero to get into a Star Trek film? That's a very close a closer tie together. It's a hard time You know, it's funny that Guitar Hero. A lot of musicians I know are not that good at it. I've heard that. I tried to play it. And I got so flustered. I couldn't do it. It was really upsetting to me because I thought I am a guitar hero. Why can't I? <laughs> why can't I play this game properly? What do you think is the is the problem with that? Is it because it's buttons instead of strings? It really it doesn't feel at all like a guitar. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> before you leave this convention, is there anything left you want to accomplish? Well. I hope to end world hunger. Today? Yes. Fantastic. And date Harrison Ford, but only if he's dressed as Han Solo. 
You think Callista Flockhart? You could take Callista Flockhart in a fight, right? Oh, I'd snap her little brittle bones like a toothpick. Well, thank you very this much. This crossing over the wrestling <laughs> part of the podcast. <laughs> All right, so Jane, that could be my third career. Actually, is that I'll become a wrestler. Thing, I think I'll name myself the Mighty Adamant. Ah. Yes, yes. Although I hope I can maintain my hairdo during the fight. It'll be your It'll weapon. be like, don't touch that's, the hair. That's, that's your weapon. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's good, okay. Well, thank you, Jane, for your time here, taking time out of, and you have a panel soon, right, this afternoon? Another I do have a panel, although it really annoys me that we keep calling it a panel, because if it's only one person, how can it be a panel? It's a good question, but we still thank you for it. And we're back. <laughs> That's a catchphrase if ever there was one. Yeah, I'm tired. We have wandered the floor. We have interviewed people. My dogs people. are barking. We oh. have interviewed people, and you guys, uh, what's is, we're wrapping up our official time here. Sure. I don't know. Timmy from Lassie was a very compelling interview. You finally got interview. to catch up with him? Yeah. How was um, he? You know, good guy. Did good he bring guy. the dog with him? Or He's like... kept it real all these years. You know, you would think somebody that would have that much fame and stardom would really let it go to his head. But and, no, not, and in the actual interview, Lon does a perfect impersonation of me because it sounds like me in the interview, but it's yeah, not. It's <laughs> really good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he wasn't yeah. down a well at all. No, no. no. Uh, so you guys got to interview uh, the guy from System of a Down. Yeah. He's not just the guy. He's John Dolmayan. Did I say that right? Dolmayan. Yeah. Dolmayan, uh, and gave us a fantastic interview about his set and quite a drum kit. Yes, it is. It's very, an very lovely. We actually decorated, it, but the uh, the recorder went out for uh, Sorry about that. the batteries went out. So uh, yeah, you could have heard me ripping, hitting the skins with uh, the guy from. My cell phone gives off an EM pulse. I don't yeah, know why it yes. does that, but it's too bad. But you know, those that were here got to enjoy it. So. And we got to talk to Jane Weedland. So particularly the security the guys who have hauled you from. off of the. Well, you know, did she have a plush Belinda Carlisle next to her that she could reference? No, no, no. But I told her I loved her on the surreal life. And I uh, surely love that. So yeah, there we go. It's a good time. And we got to talk to Mark Wade. Uh, yeah. I missed that interview. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you finally cornered him with a microphone instead of me just chasing him around with a pen? That's right. That's good. That's, That's good. good. And he took it well. He took it well. Actually, a great interview. Great guy. We, we explained you to him. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Will you explain me to me? <laughs> Later. And my wife. And my right. mother. Uh, we try. We try. So <laughs> so overall, though, Supercon this past few days, what, what's our what's our thoughts, Derek? What do we think? You know, I think it's, uh, uh, to uh, paraphrase, Mark Evanier already blogged on this from San Jose. It was like, kind of nice from his hotel room last night, Saturday night. Hey, and he said, you know, it was kind of nice to actually be at a show about comics that was really about comics. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I really do think it's it's a weird thing for me. Like, you know, a couple of weeks last week we went over to Baycon. It's always weird to me to be in a convention that is about the fans in such a fan-centric way. Like, you know, I first went to Comic-Con, first went to WonderCon, where I feel those are dominated by the industry and controlled by the industry. And here it really is about us. Mm-hmm. And I, and I kind of like that. So I, I enjoyed uh, 60% off trades. I found a lot of good deals. Uh, it... it it seems like the outlets. And you, I learned a new story. lesson from you in collecting. That's uh, the yellow rule. Yes, if you uh, if you can buy an action figure and the plastic is yellow, that means go ahead and open it and play with it. There you go. Especially yeah, yeah, yeah. if it was cheap and only cost you five bucks. Very and nice. I also think you know, being living downtown myself, this is you know, if you're a fan of this stuff, 
this isn't a bad way to spend an afternoon. You know what I mean? It's like it's a Sunday today. We've got a very compact uh, amount of comic book shops in this area. One of the DC is is claimed we're like the highest per capita of comic shops in the nation. Really? Uh, wow. You know, and there used to be a time you really could just like go to a comic shop on each block. Uh, downtown it doesn't have, but they got High Jinx Comics in Willow Glen, very close. We got, of course, Elusive Comics and Games in Santa Clara. You've got What's Hot Comics. Heroes. You've got Lee's Heroes. You know, a lot of a lot of big comic shops around here. Yeah. But to actually, be in downtown San Jose, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is because I went by a booth and was actually able to pick up their card, and they were local. Whereas right. if I go to San Diego, I could be picking up from out of state, Arizona. It's yeah, like yeah, you might I be may able to follow up and go to that. I shop. may actually go to Space Cat Comics because I saw their flyer and I went, oh, I, I live near there. Okay. And let's not forget, I mean, free plug. I'm paying. I'm paying more for parking than I paid than anybody who got in here is paying to get in here for fifteen dollars for a day or seventeen for two. Yeah. And let's not forget, if you came in costume, half price. Yeah, and so, you know, and, and, and that's a value. There are more expensive ways to meet Chase Man. We had a minor power problem, entirely my fault. I take full Good responsibility. Cell phones sit on an EMP. Sorry, but we are all here. We've all had a really great time, and uh, say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye. See you later. And we, of course, we'll have a guest uh, come give us our, our catchphrase. Send us out. I'm Jane Weedlin. You can visit me at my website, janeweedlin.com, if you know how to spell the secret word Weedlin. And remember, use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. All right. And uh, I'm writing this down because it's apparently been a, a difficult uh, catchphrase. So we hey, left you. Me too. We do a bumper at the end of our show. So mm-hmm. we have like uh, celebrities and stuff. So mm-hmm. we get first, you, you would identify yourself okay. and then you can promote anything you want, your website, any activity you want. But just end with, you and remember. Speed racer, whatever it takes. Yeah. Okay. yeah so you can push for that speed racer role. But the, and remember, use your powers only for good, which no is our catchphrase. That's lovely. I like that. Um, this is Jane Weedlin. You can visit me at my website, janeweedlin.com, but only if you know how to spell Weedlin. And remember, use your powers only for good. Dude, she did it one take cold. Nice. That was so good. Yeah, Kay was talking in the background. Do you think that's okay? I didn't hear him at all. That's why. Are you sure? Yeah, it's pretty. You were so excited, though. Do you want to do it again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll do the whole thing again. That was so good. I'm glad. I'd be happy to have a second one. I'm Jane Weedlin. You can visit me at my website, janeweedlin.com, if you know how to spell the secret word Weedlin. And remember, use your powers only for good. She's great. Thanks very much. Sorry.